This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Black-owned media companies in the United States are attacking General Motors for not doing enough business with them. They recently took out full-page ads in several major newspapers calling GM CEO Mary Barra a racist and demanding she give them more business or resign immediately. GM is trying to tiptoe around this issue, but yesterday, media mogul Sean Combs, or P. Diddy or Puff Daddy, joined in. He posted an open letter saying, quote, If you love us, pay us. GM spends about $3 billion a year on advertising. It will not say how much it spends with black-owned media companies, but promised to raise that to 4% next year and 8% by 2025. That's not good enough for Sean Combs. He says if 15% of a corporation's revenue comes from black customers, then it should spend 15% on black-owned companies. While GM is the first company to be singled out for its media buy, these media companies promise it's an issue they'll raise with all major corporations. The Global Autoline stock index did not move much yesterday, up only 0.6%. But Chinese EV companies outperformed everyone else. Li Auto and Xpeng led the way with gains of 4% or more. With the exception of BYD, the Chinese EV startups are listed on American stock exchanges, either the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ. And now Reuters reports that Didi, which you could call the Uber of China, is also going to list on an American stock exchange. But why are so many Chinese companies coming to America? There are several reasons, but the main one is access to capital. There is just more access to capital in the U.S. than there is in China. Traditional automakers must place their bets wisely in the switch to electric vehicles. That's according to a new study from KPMG, which says car makers face a big risk in the transition and that by, quote, getting it wrong by five years, you go bankrupt. It says global EV sales will make up 24 to 37 percent of sales by 2030. If EVs reach 30 percent market share by 2030, that will leave traditional automakers with 40 million ICE vehicles in excess capacity, the equivalent of 200 unneeded plants. It's a tough balancing act for automakers. If they bet too big and too early on EVs, it could risk profits from not having gas-powered models. But if they wait too long to make the transition, they could get left behind. The study predicts that one or two of the top global automakers will fail to make the switch and that they'll cease to exist within the next decade. Who are you placing your bets on? And speaking of traditional automakers transitioning to an electric future, we've got more details about GM's EV plans. The company has already confirmed that its Factory Zero plant in Michigan will build the Hummer EV truck and SUV, the electric Silverado, and the Cruise Origin autonomous shuttle. And now LMC Automotive forecasts that GM will also build the production version of the Cadillac Celestic at that plant starting in 2023. LMC also says the first BEV to launch at its Spring Hill plant in Tennessee will be the Cadillac Lyric next March and that a D-size Cadillac crossover will go into production in 2024. Could that be an electric Escalade? We'll see. 
but GM is aiming to sell 1 million BEVs globally by 2025. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. China's best-selling EV, the Hongguang Mini EV, has been so popular, it's getting a new variant called the Macaron. Updates include new colors like avocado green and white peach pink, but also the ability for pretty wild customization. Features that we take for granted are only just being made standard on the Macaron, like a driver airbag, anti-lock brakes, tire pressure monitoring system, and low-speed pedestrian warning. If you wondered how it kept prices for the EV so low before, now you know. The Mini EV is a bit pokey, with a top speed of 100 kilometers an hour, or about 60 miles per hour, and a top range of up to 170 kilometers, or about 105 miles. But it's proved to be very popular with younger buyers, and the new model seems to be very affordable as well. Prices range between roughly $5,700 and $6,650. BMW is helping out others when it comes to image processing. It's publishing an anonymization algorithm, which anyone can get access to, that uses AI to block out or blur certain objects in a picture or video. That ability allows developers to train systems that use things like cameras or robots for image processing. For example, areas in BMW's production plants that contain people are made unrecognizable, so its imaging processing system can make sure the right parts go on the right car. By publishing algorithms and other source codes, BMW helps others will use them, make improvements of their own, then republish that, and then BMW can get access to those improvements as well. Not only does Daimler claim the first automobile, but also the first truck. Founder Gottlieb Daimler invented this back in 1896. What looked like little more than a fruit cart with a two-cylinder engine that made a whopping four horsepower linked up to the rear axle via a belt. But people quickly realized how versatile the vehicles were, and changes came fast. In only a few years, engine sizes increased, and beefier springs were fitted on the back for heavier payloads. You know, I think we know how the story goes from here. The world is changing at an ever-increasing pace. No matter what the mode of transportation, there is always the need for an efficient propulsion system. And that's exactly what Borg Warner has been doing since the earliest days of the automotive industry. Automated and autonomous driving are important developments that help make the traffic of the future safer, more efficient, and more comfortable. We are ZF. Traditional automakers don't sell a whole lot of electric cars, at least not yet, but some are doing better than others. And Porsche is doing the best of all. In the U.S. market, over 11% of its sales are battery electrics. 
Another German luxury maker takes the second spot, Audi. Nearly 8% of what it sells is battery-powered. Then there's a big drop-off to Chevrolet. But thanks to the Bolt EV, 2% of Chevys are electric. Then Ford, Nissan, and Hyundai come in at 1%. We're still in the very early days, so these rankings will change as more EV models come out. Even so, there's a lot to be said for first-mover advantage. And these brands could emerge as the winners in the race to sell electric cars, at least amongst the traditional automakers. That Chrysler Pacifica minivan we reported on yesterday is as big as a whale. Nothing mini about it. So now we go to the opposite end of the spectrum, the Mazda MX-5. And if you're over 6 feet tall, or 1.8 meters, or if you weigh over 200 pounds, or 90 kilos, don't even think of trying to squeeze into this car. It's a really tight fit. It's actually one of the key reasons why it doesn't sell better. And this was our first test drive in the RF model, which has a retractable roof, and hence the RF name. Or should we say semi-roof, because only the top of the roof retracts. It's a slick operation that only requires you to push a button on the console. No latches for you to fumble with. Everything goes and stows automatically to the count of just 13 Mississippis. But you pay for that convenience. A base MX-5 costs about 28 grand, while the RF we drove cost $8,000 more, just under $36,000. Besides, the manual convertible top on the MX-5 has always been one of the simplest and easiest to use. So the retractable hardtop is not a whole lot more convenient. But it does create a different look to the car, and it is somewhat quieter on the highway. But that's all relative because the RF is still a noisy car at highway speeds. Even so, if you're lucky enough to be able to shoehorn yourself into an MX-5, it is one of the most satisfying cars to drive that any enthusiast could hope for. And a quick correction from yesterday's review of the Chrysler Pacifica. A Chrysler spokesperson reached out to let us know that while our Pinnacle all-wheel drive version only had stow-and-go in the third row, not the second row, all other non-hybrid all-wheel drive versions of the Pacifica do have the feature in both the second and third row. Okay, you automotive detectives, an Autoline viewer needs your help identifying a car. This short video comes from Mr. Dana in Canada, who spotted this vehicle while driving through what looks like a lovely countryside. I'm sure this would have been easier with a grill and headlights, but someone out there has got to know it. Leave your thoughts in the comments. But that's all we've got for this week. Thanks for joining us, and have a great weekend. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. Borg Warner, propulsion solutions that support a clean, energy-efficient world. And by ZF, ZF, driving intelligence for software-defined vehicles and transforming next-generation mobility. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.